I'm Danny Kelly, host of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. And from now until the draft, we are turning our feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show to talk all things draft with me, Danny Heifetz, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. Check us out on Tuesdays and Thursdays and search the Ringer NFL Draft Show. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. What a weird day. I love and hate having guests. That's what, my thought of the day for you right that's, there. What do you not like about having a guest? And so what do you love? Cer- there are certain guests I would like to just open with. Yes. Like right off the bat, bang. David Liner, president of, is it Fanatics co- Trading Cards? Is that the issue? Is that the uh, title? I think I mean? it's technically, yeah. Fanatics Collectibles is what his LinkedIn says, but I always heard it as Fanatics Cards. So whatever it is. Fanatics. I mean, that's going to be the that's gonna be the majority of the show. We're going to have him in here, interview him. We're going to talk some series one, but then I also want to dig into like, you know, marketing. There's been a lot of talk. Ruben said it before, how fanatics is going to grow the hobby. Yep. Uh, I'm curious about distribution. Uh, are they going to catch up on production at all? What's the plan with future releases? You know, what are the talks about? Don't even- blow all your questions right now. Bro. I'm getting them out so I don't get them wrong. I've got, I wrote mine down. Basketball, football. What's the future there? Pop culture cards. That's probably on your list. Well, I live streaming. Ever heard of it? Breaking. I I think you just ripped off most of our mailbag questions is what I think. It's on a list here. You can see you, it on the list. You ha- I saw it. Okay. But you have to give credit to those people. If you're going to ask a question. Uh, these are on my list. Cool. I, don't, I did not, I've not looked at our. You didn't look at mailbag? I haven't looked at our you, mailbag list yet. You took almost exactly what they said. Well, you know what? You're right in line with our listeners. That's great. Right. Um, as far as this interview goes, guys, I'm going to go ahead and uh, this is going to be a little off topic on sports cards for a second, but you can use it for sports cards for sure. How familiar are you all with artificial intelligence? Michael, are you familiar? What are your, did you see the movie with Haley Joel Osment? AI? No. Okay. Bottom line is artificial intelligence is uh, whatever you actually see in sci-fi. It's not really that right now. What it is, is it's a amazing tool that I thought couldn't be used for what we do. But today, David Liner, as was mentioned, is joining us. I went to uh, the the main one out there. It's called Chat GB. It's the thing I've been hearing about everywhere. Yeah, GPT. G- GPT. Mm-hmm. I typed in interview questions for David Liner, the president of Fanatics Collectibles, about trading cards and the card collecting hobby. It spits out in like 15 seconds. First question. 10 questions. Give me number one. I'm not going to say some of these don't need polish and some of them are maybe a little more obvious. Don't take shots. It's a machine. First question. Yep. 
What do you think has contributed to the recent surge in popularity of trading cards and the card collecting hobby? Nope. Next. That Horrible. one's terrible well, question. Here's the thing. Some of these questions are not for our audience because these are more basic, but some of them do dive in a little deeper. So the next one is also how did the pandemic affect the trading card hobby? We, we can move past. Can you discuss some of the most valuable or rarest trading cards that fanatics collectible has ever sold? I thought that would be like, that's a, that's an interesting question in something decent. You're going to love this. What is going on? Our buddy, Steve just sent me a text. <laughs> Say my name, name, drop it on the podcast. There you go. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but sometimes you have to dude, Stevie G big listener of the show. <laughs> I don't know how he got my number, but I like it. All right, go ahead. Continue with your AI question. What else did the robots say? Um, there, There's 10 of these. I'm not going to read all of them. But bottom line is, if you go and you're looking for a little help on any project, literally any project, like a paper, questions. I asked it for trivia questions. We did trivia the other night. Can you ask it something? Li- First of all, yeah. how do you do this? Is it like a live thing on your on your computer? Yeah. Ask it right now. Who is the best person to buy in, in the NBA trade? Like what? What players' trading cards are the best buy in basketball? Wow, that's a good question. What players' trading cards? So you got to say it out loud. It's podcast. The best buy. I forget when right those Jimmy start dancing. Jesse does this thing where he straightens his arms all the way, but his shoulders don't move. I take I take like, proper see, stance like, for see, typing. Look, I can see this. This is a the flex and then that's the extension. Yours just hang there. Your shoulders are like little mm, dead spaces. What did it say? It's talking to me right now and it is not helping. It says as an AI language model, I don't have access to current market trends or real-time uh, data. Okay. So I don't provide financial advice. Who is the I most, like how it's referring to itself as I. Who is the most underrated basketball player in the NBA today? Can you ask it that? I mean, that does take into current different. trends, like it did say. But Put it in there. Come on, one more. Get the Jimmys dancing. <laughs> All right. This is disturbing I have to stop to generating it because it said it does go in. So it says, however, I can suggest some tips that might help you identify the best buy for trading cards. Okay, give me that. And it goes into these tips of what to do. It says, research current market trends, colon. You can search current market trends to see which trading cards are in demand and which ones are losing value. This can give you an idea of what might be a good buy right now. Okay, thanks for nothing. Next? (laughs) Or is that it? No, there's like four. I stopped it on the fourth one. It was going to keep going. Um, look for rarity and condition. The rarity and condition of a trading card can greatly affect its value. Look for cards that are hard to find and are in excellent condition. Is going to put us out of business? <laughs> Here's the thing. A lot of it is Ask pretty it what, basic. What is the best but, sports card podcast in the world? Last question. We're really stalling for time here until David gets here, by the way. Top sports He's not even card typing. He's looking at me. Podcast. Are you actually typing? I actually know how to type without looking, unlike some okay. people. Um, I'm just curious. I, I doubt it will have anything. Oh, oh. If it's not us, don't say it. I don't need AI breaking my heart. I haven't heard of this first one. It's listing out. I just asked for the top one. It says there are many sports card podcasts available that cover a wide range of topics related to the hobby. Here are some of the top sports card podcasts that you might find interesting. Okay, number one. I'm going to tell you it's on five and we're not on there yet. Not good. Have you heard of any of the five? Yes. Which one? It stopped at five. Oh, boy. And we're not on there. We're not on there. AI can't lie. This is not good for us. Yeah. A lot of these, I think the, it probably just took like random, some random list that's on the internet and just put together this list. Because I've heard of a couple of these, but other ones, I haven't heard of any. The Forecast. 
Uh, have you heard well, that? Jeff's show. Yeah. Jeff oh, is that what? That's one of them. I don't know if he's oh, still does called it. The Forecast? Yeah, it used to be the one with his sister. I, th- I think she's the one who used to do that. Oh, okay. Um, it doesn't list who's in it. It just says... Uh, okay, what about this? What podcast with the word nonsense and is the best? Okay, let's move on here. Right, wait, really... what, last one. Oh, my God. Tell me about This the... is as brutal and open as we've ever... <laughs> I'm waiting for the text from Bill. No, 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 no. We don't ever do this anymore. We haven't... When was the last time we actually just got to play around a little bit? Okay. The Sports Cards Nonsense Podcast. I'm saying, tell me about the Sports Cards okay. Nonsense Podcast. How about that? I swear, if it calls you my secretary <laughs> or my assistant, I'll be so happy. Hosted by Michael with a friend and assistant, Jesse Gibson. Dude, it's not right. What does it, it say? It says, Sports Cards Nonsense is a podcast hosted by Doug, Dan, and Cody. So it's p- pulling off Mojo, oh, guys. Oh, that's Mojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are avid collectors. Uh, the podcast is produced by The Ringer. Covers a wide range. How did those guys slip in and steal our podcast? I'm okay. I actually like those guys. Some of the few content creators I enjoy. So, Oh, listen to this. Here we go. The podcast is known for its humorous and lighthearted approach to the hobby while still offering valuable information and insight. It has gained a following among sports cards enthusiasts, and it is a popular choice for those looking for an entertaining and informative podcast on the topic. Informative. Well, darn it. Got that part right. I guess Nailed so. it. All right, I have a couple quick notes before David joins. Uh, the Burbank card show was last weekend. Uh, it was actually nice to see a lot of buzz about it. Like everybody's putting up their clips and posting their, yeah. you know, throwing money around. I like think it's it. getting bigger. Yeah, that's one I actually wouldn't hate going out to at some point, but I don't want to go to California ever again, so I probably won't. But I did hear a lot of good things there. Like people were actually very actively buying and selling. Um, the one other note I took away, for, and what I've seen in a lot of these videos, a ton of dealers were like buying stuff in bulk. Really? Which is a good thing. I always feel like once dealers start really buying and loading up on stuff, it's like, hey, there's some confidence here in the market. So it's it's a good thing. Yeah. So I was happy to see that. Seemed like sales were pretty good for the majority of people out there as well. So in general. Do you know anybody specifically that was there? Like, do we know personally that we'd... Oh, I, would, I wouldn't mind having someone come on and just talk about the recent visit to the Burbank show. I don't know anybody was set up, no. Not I off mean, the top of my head. I just saw the, the random YouTube videos walking table to table and the reaction of people. Because what was the last show we were at together? The it was it was Vegas. It was the summit. We were oh, at which the isn't Beckett a card summit. show. Yeah, because yeah. you, really you weren't even there for the card show part. Yeah. Right? So and the next one is the mint, which it's funny because like, not really a card show. The more we well, it, there will be a lot more buying and selling than there was at the summit, though. But the more we get uh, closer to the mint the more I've actually started getting excited to go to a show again. Last year, it seemed like we were going to one every month or maybe even, maybe a, a lot couple of months. Now. Yeah. Been, honestly, the reason I'm not is because I've been selling. Oh, here you go. The next big Nashville card show, there'll be like four or 500 tables, is March 10th through the 12th. Right before the Mint. Okay. I'll go to that one. Yeah. But that's why I've been selling so much just on the on the app. I'm, I just haven't really, and I've been buying on there too. I haven't really messed with shows. That's it's a lot to set up for the show. Man. The That's thing. one of the questions I really want to ask David when he gets on here is his overall thought of the hobby right now, general state, because there, to me, I'm going to, if I'm being honest, I'm going to be brutally honest. It seems like it's slowed down like over the last month, this month in particular, February was, has been slow. Like the releases are not all that exciting in general. I don't feel like mm-hmm. even top series one, which we'll talk about with David. It's a good product. A ton of people will rip it. I think it's a great value because of the checklist. Yeah. They got the gold back thing, which is awesome. Like those are coming out super rare, which is great. But it's not like a product that creates a ton of buzz. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, you know, I agree. I think February has been a rough time for that. I was, that's why I was pleasantly surprised to hear good things out of the Burbank show. 
There are some really interesting cards in that series. One that I, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. Did you see that aces one, the insert where it's like they're, they're on a car. It looks like a, a playing card. The back of it looks like the playing card, right? No, oh, no, no, the, the front. front. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It looks like an ace of yep. whatever card. And the, I think back, that, the back actually looks like the, the playing card as well. That's yeah. What I was yeah, yeah, I've I, seen those. I like those cards. I think that's a really cool idea. And I don't know. The overall look to me to me is cool. The hoops also, we're going to open later in the show, we're going to open up some uh, a few packs of uh, hoops NFTs that we're going to give away to anybody who wants them. Basically, we'll just have you enter your name on a form and you'll get to get a pack of cards. But uh, those cards, seeing what they are going to look like, the physical form, I really like the hoops this year, too. So okay. I'm, I'm happy to see cards that aren't, like, boring or dull to me. I don't know. I, some I, new designs? Yeah. Some of these, lately, I haven't been all that impressed with. But that's just me personally. I actually wonder. I think you kind of summarize the state of the hub right now. I think a lot of guys are just kind of. And I've told you before, there are just certain periods of the year it's like burnout. I, like, dude, December, January. I didn't believe so- you when you said that before. Oh, like, and God. You it, also have said that there's points where it's like it's really busy and then it just dies down and then it's really busy. And it's like an ebb and flow. And I was like, that can't be consistent. It really does seem to be consistent. Everything's just pushed back a month now because everything's behind. But yeah. December, January it used to be November, December. Now it's December, January. You just have so many releases. Yeah. At some point, too, like people hit. I actually I made a comment to Hannah the other night. I, I did a big live show. It was actually a good night of sales. And I said one thing, my three biggest spenders on the app weren't in the room that night. Hmm. They were in there, but I don't think any of them actually made a purchase. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like guys kind of have to, like at some point you just, it's like, and I don't even think it's a money thing. I just think it's like one of those yeah, I mean, kind of gotta... taking a night off type thing. But then you also have February where it's just a slow month. And then I think people really start to ramp up like, hey, March, April, we're going to start seeing baseball like one after the other. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, it's a new class, which actually has a lot more buzz than I thought. And then all of a sudden you got Bowman, which is a major market mover, probably in April. So um, I do think that I, I just think we're kind of in one of those lulls, and maybe it's just one of those areas where now in-person stuff picks up. Okay. And I've bought two. I mean, I've got I've had two major collections come in the room recently too. By the way, guys, just that picture you posted of oh, all those cards. What are you going to do with all those? Like, you are personally going to consign that? I don't want to talk about. It. <laughs> you, so Tim's coming. Do you down feel to help. like you made a mistake? <laughs> no, no, because that was for my buddy Ken uh, Kenny C. I'll oh, leave it at that. Sure. Um. So again, he was just like, hey, I'm, I'm getting out of cards. I'm moving out of the country for a while. And I was like, perfect. I, I will do the consignment for him. Um, big deals like that, though. We actually got a guy like, on Instagram. Because literally how many cards would you say that is? So those big boxes, are the four-row boxes, mm-hmm. are if you don't have them in a top loader, they fit 4,000 snug. I would those say are they top are, loaded? No. Oh. I, the majority are not. So I, I would say, though, conservatively, there's 3,500. Hang on a second. Is it 4,000? It might be 3,200 count boxes. Okay. Whatever. Let you, so. It, and there's a little bit of room. They're pretty snug. Let's say they're 3,000 cards on average. I think there's 22 of those. So that's... 66. 66,000, right? Yep. Okay. 10 times three, yeah. And then there's just, there's a bunch of two-row boxes. There's Nikes. I would, if I had to guess, I'd say it's 85 to 100,000 cards. Now, he was cool, though. Some of them are super old tops cards, like mm-hmm. late 80s, early 90s. A couple of the boxes I opened, they were like, you know, they, they're bricked together. Sure. He even told me on the phone, too, when we were set up the deal. He's like, hey, some of this stuff needs to be thrown away. I can't do it. So I took a bunch of the brick cards of the yeah. absolute crap. It was like I was either going to burn it. And then literally this morning I was doing my shipping. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I actually use them as my car- like as the card protectors. Oh, so like if I'm shipping one okay. card to top loader, I put like four or five of those on each side, put them in a team bag, gone. I like that. I can appreciate so that. So I would say 
there's probably 10,000 cards that are going to just be, you put them on Craigslist. So somebody want 10,000 cards for, or even 15,000 for whatever, a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like someone just come and take, but then the other stuff, yeah, we're going to piece out. We're going to go through what needs to be graded, you know, kind of get Man. an idea. We'll move some bulk stuff, obviously. And then like sure. I said, Tim from Slab Strong is moving down. He's going to work full time with me. And yeah, we'll just kind of start moving through it. Just start selling cards. Has he ever sold before? I don't remember. Not really. Not like that. Not like singles. Not on, not a volume. So yeah. it'll take a little time to get them in the mix. Okay. So yeah, we'll see. But I'm actually kind of excited. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment. So it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, quick disclaimer, guys, because we're done. We already recorded the interview, and I, t- I totally forgot. I can't even blame Jesse on this one. We talked all Series 1. We forgot to mention SGC and Tops have a deal right now. Any Tops Series 1 card you want graded with SGC, $9, no minimum value declared. Send all your cards there. I forgot. Five-day turnaround. Five-day turnaround. Goodbye. Hey, David Liner just joined go. us from Fanatics. That's he our is, awkward intro after we've been talking to him for 30 seconds off air. We, so. we already kind of introduced you like at the beginning of the show and then talked a lot about what we were going to talk about right now. So when you go back and listen to the show, David, please skip like the first 17 minutes and go <laughs> straight to this because you won't. Some like would that. argue skip the whole thing. <laughs> David Liner, the we'll president. See, we'll see how this goes, right? Absolutely. President fair. of uh, Fanatics Trading Cards. Is it? Okay. I've got a question. I always thought it was Fanatics Trading Cards, but then I looked on your LinkedIn. And it said Fanatics Collectible. What, what is that? What is the company? Yeah. So we are Fanatics Collectibles and I'm the president of the trading card division of Fanatics Collectibles. So there's other areas of Fanatics collectibles as well, but trading cards is the main pillar, you know, with tops and zero cool following, uh, you know, falling under my purview. Got it. Got it. Got right, it. Okay, two, cool. Two important questions. I'll just throw them together. You can answer them in any order you'd like. One, what is Eisenberg's handicap as a golfer? I've heard him talk a lot of crap about his golf game. I'm very curious about that. And two, is it true you have a phenomenal Michael Jordan game use collection? So we'll start with Eisenberg's uh, handicap. He's a talker, uh, so I can't trust it. (laughs) it, It's real deal. I mean, we're talking single digits. We're probably talking low single digits. Oh, I kind of suck. I know. I know. It's it's a bit painful. Between the pants and the polo, I was like, this guy can golf, and I don't love it. Okay, Uh, that's fair. I know. He's good at it. Um, Good dude. Good golfer. That's facts. Okay. Fair. Yeah. If you want somebody with like a 25-30 handicap, you're, you're talking to him right now, right here. We're when we come up to do this big fanatics tour, I'm pumped about. I haven't got to that invitation yet, but we will. We're going golfing. I love this. I yeah. ex- I fully expect that we are going because Jeremy from top Jeremy Fullerton. Yep. He told us uh, last year. He's like, as soon as tops or fanatics opens the new headquarters, we're coming up for a tour and a little fun. I don't know. Hangout sesh. I don't I, I'm looking forward to it. That yeah, sounds great. I, you, he said we could spend the night at your house, though, right? 
hey, whatever works for you. Absolutely. <laughs> David was okay with that. <laughs> All right. Might, might have to squeeze in between boxes of, of trading cards and jerseys, but, you know, there's room. <laughs> so you are in the hobby, correct, David? Like you're a collector yourself. Collector, yeah. So oh, back to your other question. Yeah, yes. we didn't get to uh, question number two. But um, oh, oh yeah. hang on. Breaking news uh, happening here. David's break, taking yeah, a breaking, meeting. If you have to take breaking, a confidential meeting, you take it. Don't, we're not even oh, here. You, you guys are invited to that too. Why not? It's it's, it's interesting. This I is like not this a confidential guy. meeting. This is just more people coming in and out, changing things. But um, I am a big collector. Um, okay. Michael Jordan game used items. Chicago Bulls championship era game used jerseys is my main collection. So I have uh, over 200 jerseys game worn from Bulls players from the six championship years, wow. along with many other NBA game used jerseys, you name it, you know, from Kobe Bryant to LeBron James to everybody. So it's a, it's a big collection. What's like the, I'm sure there's not just one, but like biggest moment Jersey that you own full size game worn. What are we talking? Um, you know, 96, 97 Jordan black pinstripe um, is super Ooh. cool. Top and bottom, you know, got the I shorts, got the Jersey. I have a lot of just oddball ones, though, too. I have a lot of, you know, finals jerseys as well. Scotty Pippins and Dennis Rodmans and Sheesh. all those guys. So the the finals patches didn't come into to being until 95, 96. So the first three titles, there was no championship patch. I do have some photo matched from finals games um, from those first three championships, including Horace Grant, uh, who I loved as a kid. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff in there. And then I do collect trading cards as well. Not nearly as extensively and as crazy as my, uh, game worn basketball, uh, Bulls basketball Jersey collection, but I definitely collect a lot of stuff new and vintage. That's very cool. I am. Um, okay. I'm curious. Do you do any non sport collecting at all? Um, yes, a little bit. So I was a big magic, the gathering player and collector. Okay. Um, and you admit and that as like, an adult. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I'm almost, you know, I'm almost 40, but I feel like I can share these like stories like, you know, had I have held on to this. Sure. Um, I had a crazy magic collection and I actually sold most of it in like the late 90s as I saw uh, Wizards of the Coast starting to reprint some stuff. I kind of freaked out and like, oh, oh, they, they said they would never like reprint the Black Lotuses and the Moxes, but I saw certain cards starting to get reprinted, got a little bit worried, kind of sold out of most of my cards, hung on to some, and then I bought more, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, I started buying more, which turned out to be a smart move, but I haven't really touched much of that in the last couple of years. Just things got crazy expensive. So the stuff I'm sitting on, I'm super thrilled by, but haven't added to that collection, but, um, man, that's gotta be, guy. yeah, I can't imagine. I know like there've been a lot of comments lately that Hasbro's like kind of pushing people out of the market and some things are being overproduced and that kind of thing. But the, I believe there's still quite a high price for any of the older or more original, uh, first print stuff like the, that black Lotus you mentioned and a few others. So that's pretty amazing. I would love to hear a number thrown about how much your collection's worth, but I'm not going to ask that question. That's, that's tacky. Keep, um, it, keep it classy. Bro. What, He's a president. Just what we a little respect. should. Hang on. I do have one more question. Cause back on top. Well, we I, I was going to go to series one, but yeah, go take ahead. Take a breath. We'll get to series one. All right. How long have you been with tops? By the way, I am curious about this. Yeah. So tops slash fanatics collectibles. Um, we're, we're going to be, uh, we're at 13 and a half years right now. Wow. You were with Goldman Sachs as an analyst for a little while, weren't you? Oh, you did research. I had to look into him. <laughs> I did. I went down that investment banking. I, I was I, investment banking, private equity, heavy duty financial services. 
then I decided let's make some ball cards. Let's let's get into let let's get into tops and do something fun and exciting. I would I would have to think that from someone who is an analyst going into tops, like is that a a risky move to you, or is it just more of a hey, I I love this. This is going to be like a passion project, and I'm I'm going to enjoy my my work day instead of maybe dreading it or not enjoying it quite as much. Definitely the latter. I, I I want to do things that I enjoy, that I have fun with. And I feel like if you like what you're doing and all that, you're going to be good at it. And uh, I've held, I've worn many hats uh, at Tops and at Fanatics Collectibles now. Um, so yeah, you got to love what you do to be successful at it. So that was really it. Um, we all like money, of course. I mean, financial services, no better place to make a lot of money, I guess. But um, no, I wanted to pursue something fun and interesting. All right. Well, with that in mind, we know that Series 1 just released uh, yesterday, right? Was Correct. that the official date? So Official drop, yep. So what can you tell us about this year's Series 1 drop that we should get excited about? We've got guys who have, have questions, but I'd like to know, like, what's the what's the key phrases that the David Liner president needs to come on podcast and inform our audience Mr. about? Pre- Mr. President. Mr. President, yeah, excuse me. President. Yeah. Um, well, so first off, Series one, I, I just love because it's the start of the baseball season, the unofficial start of the baseball season, but we we call it the start of the baseball season. Um, it's our flagship release, right? This is the 72nd anniversary of the product. It is a very broad product. It It's great for collectors of, of all shapes and sizes. There's lots of different chase elements. There's lots of different ways to approach it. Um, you could just collect the base set. You could chase all the awesome inserts we have in there. There's autographs. It's loaded. We try to keep the price points moderate so that, you know, folks from all walks of life can um, buy it and can participate and have fun with it. It's our most widely distributed product, right? I mean, retailers, hobby stores, dot com, breakers, everybody's enjoying this product. Um, it's the first appearance of many rookie cards um, this year in particular, too. I'm super excited by the rookie class we have in here. Last year, you had a guy like Wander Franco, but he was kind of the guy, one guy that, you know, you don't want to put all your chips in one basket. Like here, we have such a nice, diverse group of rookie cards. You know, a couple of these guys are bound to pop, you know, as the season starts. So I, that's what I really love. This year uh, as well, we did a Golden Mirror um, parallel. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but I think this thing's awesome. So these are the gold um, backs, right? Yeah, well, they're, yeah. So the, the silver foil tops on the front is gold. The image is a completely different image of the player. And then on the reverse of the card, we actually stamped it SSP next to the uh, card number in the set. So as you guys probably know, like oftentimes, and I, I'm almost ashamed saying this at tops, but like we do crazy, super short prints. And then I open the product and I'm sitting there. I'm like, did I get one? Yeah. We actually just stamped the back of the card SSP. Thank goodness. Right? Yep. Are you going to do this going forward? Is this like a new thing for all card sets or just this? Um, we're going to continue to evolve in this direction. Good. We want to make sure. I mean, look, our, our goal at Fanatics Collectibles, like Fanatics didn't, you know, acquire tops to keep the status quo. We want to draw a lot of new folks into this, into this collecting uh industry, into the hobby. As you guys know, this it's complicated. It's so hard to like jump in and learn this stuff. So we're trying to simplify things. So we used to love, you know, the surprise and delight and you dig through a box and you, you realize you have a different image variant or something, but like oftentimes some of those cards would get tossed, new folks entering, it's confusing. We have enough parallel schemes and numbered refractors and blah, 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 blah. You know, we let's, let's try to simplify some things. Let's have folks come into this hobby, enjoy it, participate, et cetera. 
I actually I love, love that, that movie. Yeah, because there's been a number of products even in the past, like stuff like Heritage Archives. Like you literally have a card that is missing a tiny emblem or that is, you know, some reverse back or something crazy. It's a $20 card that's sitting in somebody's nickel box because nobody knows what it is. And I can just imagine the confusion for new people. So I do like the and as a breaker, just selfishly, I'm lazy. And so, yeah, I actually like that a lot. That's cool. Clear identification. Yeah, absolutely. And nice. did you already hear? I, I'm sure you've probably heard that golden back, uh, that set, or what's the name of the set? I can't remember. The golden, what? I don't, <laughs> this is uh, going well. The, the golden mirror. Golden mirror. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear about the... Oh, there's the bounty? A, yeah, there's a bounty out there for golden mirrors. Like, there's one for, I think if you got like 330 of them. The full set. Yeah, the full set, you get uh, 250,000. And then there's another bounty if you got them like in PSA 10 condition. Correct. A million. For a million dollars. That is kind of insane. Did Are you guys, did that did that cross your minds when you guys were set putting the set out that there was going to be so much fanfare around it? Well, look, I mean, we hope there was going to be fanfare. We thought it should drive tremendous interest and excitement in the product. And we've never done that before. We've always done, you know, the super short prints and some of those. But to do an entire, you know, parallel version of the base set, I mean, it's super, super cool. And to do it short printed, they're not numbered. So, you know, you got to figure out kind of what's out there. Um, We think it's super fun. It's super cool, super valuable. um, And another really awesome chase element. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a general question that it doesn't pertain necessarily just to series one, but it was an idea that how tall are you? We, <laughs> we discussed this uh, on a podcast maybe a few weeks ago and it's stuck with me. The idea that there's so much, you know, controversy around like what card is this the right card in this set? Like, uh, it, has it been faked or anything like that? Is there a possibility to be able to add a different serial number to every single card? Like to different differentiate it so that you know, like, hey, is this a duplicate out there? Did this card get graded? Because you know, grading is always the next step in the conversation in this hobby of like, oh, I got this card, now I get it graded, but has this already been graded? Is there a hundred of these cards out there, or have twenty of them been cracked and regraded, and now there's actually eighty of them out there? So, I guess the idea of if you serial numbered every single card to a unique thing it would really add a definition or a, a de- another level to this hobby where you can make sure that you're not getting scammed. Yeah. So w- what I would tell you, generally speaking, is we care tremendously about the integrity of our products. And we're looking all the time um, at innovations and security features um, to secure those cards, um, to assist the grading companies to make sure they're not getting duped um, by unscrupulous folks that are out there. Um, are there ways to serialize every single card? I mean, there's all sorts of ways to do certain things like that. We're trying to balance that also with keeping, you know, the right aesthetics of the cards and, and how all that works. There's new inks and printing technologies too that are invisible and scannable under certain technologies. We're looking at all of that stuff to see um, what we can do to continue to ensure authenticity and really, you know, um, disincentivize the bad actors that are out there. But we have great relationships with all the card grading companies. We always try to assist them as best we possibly can and provide every bit of information. We're looking at ways also, you know, like on patch cards, especially low-numbered patch cards, to take photos of every single one so folks aren't taking out a little white swatch and putting in a beautiful, you know, patch piece, things of this sort. So there's a lot of stuff that we're looking at doing to enhance um, collector safety, especially, as I said, you know, with our end goal of trying to bring 
10x the number of folks into the hobby that exists today. We want to ensure no one no one has a bad experience, gets burned, et cetera. So we're working on on all those sorts of things as well. That's actually a perfect segue where I wanted to go. And by the way, I agree. I didn't like the question either. That was that was his way. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, Mike, uh, can you uh, talk do that thing that we talked about me doing next week? <laughs> Remember that thing that you said? Uh, so I've I've heard that tagline from from Ruben a number of times, right? Like, hey, we're going to 10x, we're going to 10x. Like, I, I am curious, though, what are some of the specifics behind that? Like, and I, I keep hearing marketing and I see J-Rod on a cooking show, which I, I think is cool. But like, can you tell us any of the actual like, hey, here's a specific maybe one, two step to get that to the to the masses? Well, yeah. So, I mean, let's take series one. I mean, this is the first time we put together a real, truly, fully integrated marketing campaign, right? We went out there, we did a deal, giant deal with Julio Rodriguez, one of the hottest players in Major League Baseball, right? AL Rookie of the Year. This guy's got all the upside in the world. And on top of that, he's just an awesome dude. So there's not a better guy uh, to go out there and work with. Um, But I think what you're seeing is hopefully if you're following our social channels and you're following just the market in general, um, we put a ton of effort, time, innovation, creativity um, behind the marketing. And what we are always, th- there's always a tough balance, right? Like, I mean, a lot of us, right? We're hobby enthusiasts. We're, we've been in this a long time. We have to balance the new school, the old school. So we want to stay true and attract and retain all of our hardcore folks out there. These are folks that they were around before this latest boom. They might've been around at the the last boom that then went bust and obviously we don't want junk wax era 2.0. We don't want a bust. Um, so we're very mindful of all that. But at the end of the day, we also we need to attract new. We need to continue to um, you know spring new folks into the hobby, younger folks into the hobby. And for all the collectors out there, the hardcores, the the guys, the loyalists, like this only helps us all. If more people come in to this hobby, all boats rise. Vintage will go up you know, modern will go up. So it's not a bad thing. I mean, some folks don't want to embrace technology. Some folks don't want this and don't want that. And they're quite vocal in the hobby. I mean, I'm mostly a traditionist as well, but like in our business, you know, there's the business end of this and there's the hobby. And um, we need to ensure, you know, for future generations that we make this stuff fun and cool and interesting. So coming back to the J-Rod show, you know, we have like kind of the cooking spoof, there's more spoofs that are going to be released and coming. You've probably seen bits and pieces out there. We spent a whole day filming with Julio Rodriguez. The guy could not have been better to work with. It's always a little scary. You go out there, you sign a big deal. A young guy like him, he can clearly play baseball, but can he act? <laughs> yeah, um, can he, can he speak into a camera? <laughs> right. Yeah. He hey. killed it. J- just wait till you, there's more coming, but like, j- it's awesome. And not only are we marketing here at the launch that was yesterday, you saw the buzz, everything on social. The campaign's going to continue here for several weeks leading up to opening day. So we're, you know, a lot of folks, all of us, right? We're sitting here at the edge of our seat waiting for Feb 15, but a lot of folks still have no clue series one came out yet, right? And, you know, we're going to continue marketing and exciting folks and going out to different, you know, podcasts and different uh, news sources and news outlets and influencers and continue to push and promote this. So David, I've, I'm curious, where does that commercial or so anything with the chef J Rod or whatever else he's going to be doing, where does that air besides social media? Because my thought is the guys who are interested in the product, they probably already know to watch your social medias. Uh, I was thinking the marketing push would be more directed at new people who don't know anything about it. So I was just curious, like, is this actually on, you know, football or, or I'm sorry, baseball games or anything like that in the future? 
Yeah. So, I mean, we've cut this content, you know, a bunch of different ways uh, to deploy um, at specific times on different channels. Um, you know, social is how it's it's been coming out thus far. Um, and, you know, and we share it as broadly as we can. But you're right. I mean, a lot of the folks already on our channels know about, you know, know about trading cards, know about Series 1. But I think you could also see, you know, we've been like, I mean, nearly 100 athletes that are featured in Series 1 have also been posting their card to their following. I mean, Derek Jeter posted for us, right? I mean, he's got a giant, you know, group of folks. Mike Trout posted to his following nearly every single rookie featured in the product is promoting it to their following. So when you look at who's, you know, tops on our social, right, we're really pushing to kind of a lot of existing users. But the next group that we really feel we could attract and convert into hobbyists are sports fans, right? So if you go and do your little concentric circles, you got all the hardcore, all of us that have been living and breathing tops for years and years and no trading cards, but the sports fan. And what's really exciting about that too is we're leveraging Fanatics. I mean, this is one of the great things about Tops now being a part of Fanatics versus being independent. We're part of the broader mothership of Fanatics. So I'm sure you've heard Michael Rubin tout Fanatics has over 90 million fans yeah. in its database. Right. And we know, you know, 40 plus attributes about these fans. And we actually, you know, for the first time in a really concerted way, we made a giant effort on Fanatics.com to promote and sell Series 1 baseball. We sold out of Jumbos. We put a little bit more on there, sold, sold out of it again. We're selling through, you know, the base hobby boxes. We're selling through the value boxes. That stuff's fantastic. If we can start getting, I mean, when I hear 90 million, and by the way, we don't know how many collectors there actually are out there. There's all sorts of numbers thrown out. But I mean, when you're talking 90 million customers and you talk about getting, you know, one, two, three percent, you're talking huge, millions huge of people. Yeah. That's gigantic. That That's amazing. And again, a lot of those people, they might get their first taste of Series 1 on Fanatics.com. You know what? They get the box at home. They open it. They get a good card. They go to their local hobby store. They get some supplies. While they're getting some supplies, another box catches their eye. They learn about grading. You know, they're getting folks into the ecosystem, whether it's at Walmart or Target, a mom-and-pop hobby store, in a break, on a .com, I just want to see people get into this hobby and enjoy it. So a lot of that is based on like the U.S. though, and that's that was one of the other questions I had is because you know there's guys in Australia and uh, UK that we talk to pretty regularly, or they're in the chat just saying you know we want this product but we can't get it, and you just mentioned how you know Fanatics has this huge database worldwide. When does that? When do you see more of a push going outside the bounds of the U.S.? Yeah, so I mean, you know, Tops has a global business, Fanatics has a global business. When it comes to, let's just take Europe in particular, um, you know, we do a ton. I mean, we have a, a ton of business, you know, that we do over in Europe. It's obviously more on the European football, soccer side of things. We do a lot with Formula One, but there's definitely demand for baseball and demand for, you know, North America-based sports. So we do have distributors out there that are selling baseball product um, into Europe. I don't know if you guys remember a few years back, we did um, a, a London edition, a UK edition of our uh, flagship baseball um, product for um, when they did the London games, when the Red Sox played the Yankees, I think it was in 2019. You're going to see more like country level, country specific SKUs. We do SKUs today of our baseball products for Japan. The Japanese market is obviously very strong for baseball. Um, we do distribute our baseball cards into Australia, New Zealand. I mean, Australia, while it's a small in population, that country is big on trading cards. They love trading cards. They love basketball cards a lot. Baseball, though, too. 
But we're very mindful of the global nature of the hobby. And again, like if you're going to 10x the number Michael Rubin's thrown out there or more, it's not only going to come from North America, not at all. Um, and different products, you know, resonate more in different places. But we continue to try to do things um, to to grow those markets for UEFA for Champions League. We did a jade product for China that just smoked. And, you know, we're continuing to try to educate people and get them involved in the hobby globally. That's very cool. So I am curious, too. Like, I've also noticed a trend, which, by the way, I finally put together. I was like, this dude sounds like somebody. What do you mean? Are you from Wisconsin originally? I grew up in Chicago, north okay. suburbs. Is Vince, I grew up not Vince. very far from Wisconsin. Now that I'm telling you it's Vince Fee, you're that's all you're going to hear now. I I, don't I haven't see listened if... to a word David has said. I apologize for that. <laughs> that we have a stuff, friend from the Wisconsin area. But I could not listen because all I'm thinking of is, okay, it doesn't matter. All right, go to your so, question. So yeah, we've there's been a trend recently. I think it's at least the first thing I took notice of was triple threads, where all of a sudden we're seeing the trend of products being released exclusively with a certain breaker or certain breakers. Backyard Breaks did triple threads early. I love, by the way, I know they get a ton of crap. I've talked to those guys before. I think they're the best marketing people in the breaking game, and it's not close. But early release with them, with Top Series 1, I know there was that event down in Florida. We had some guys breaking it early. Is that something we're going to continue to see, like a little bit more consistent of you guys kind of picking and choosing? Hey, we want to support these guys and have them do an early release, or is that kind of like a one-off situation? You're going to see a little bit more of, of that sort of stuff. I would want to make sure folks know, too, when we did the promotion for Triple Threads with Backyard Breaks, we also did it with a hobby store piece of the game in upstate uh, New York oh, nice. as well. Okay. So we we try to be mindful to support you know all of our channels as best as possible. You know, for an early release and, you know, to, to, you know, we're trying to get the product out there. We're trying to get people excited, right? So we love our hobby stores. We've about, before Tops was acquired by Fanatics, we serviced about 280 or so hobby stores. We're now servicing over 500 hobby stores and we have 40, 50 more applications we're working through. We are doing everything in our power. We love the hobby. We love the hobby stores um, to push and promote them and get a more direct relationship with them. And, and get them positioned for more success in the future. We sent out, by the way, for Series 1, lots of kits, lots of assets, lots of things to our Hobby Direct partners um, so that they could promote Series 1, have some freebies, also have digital assets that they could blast out on their social channels to get their, their fans excited. Um, so we do all that sort of stuff. But to build the hype pre-release, I mean, the breaking platforms are probably the best place to do that, Agreed. to get that widest you know, viewership and audience and folks like backyard. I mean, we like them a lot. We like nearly every breaker. We like the, the breaking channel itself is great for building community, for marketing and promoting the products. A lot of people that don't have the accessibility to buy some of our high end products can buy a slice and a break. There's a lot of good things about breaking. There's some bad too. You know, we see some, you know, not great actors and things like that, but we're also building out a standards and practices group to try to, you know, professionalize that space a little bit more. We never want to, you know, halt any creativity and innovation that these guys and these breakers are doing. But we do think, you know, there's a level of professionalizing it a little bit more. It's a big part of the business. So we just want to make sure all the players in the ecosystem are working together and doing right by the collectors at the end of the day. Nice. I like that answer. So, so I've got a few like deep hobby. To I know we're coming up on 30 minutes, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. I had a couple of few, to a few topics, like kind of hobby, very hobby specific. I was hoping to just kind of throw out and you just kind of give us, hey, off the top of your head, your thought on the matter. Um, you cool with this? I got like four of these. I just want to throw at David. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
Do you hear the Vince thing now, by the way? No, I don't hear it. Okay, you're dead to me. <laughs> Carlos, cut, cut Jesse's mic. He's done here. Thank you. Uh, so first, and fo- uh, first, distribution. Like David Liner's thoughts, wide open. Your thoughts on distribution going forward, you know, as it is now. Uh, sure. So uh, as we look at our distribution going forward, I think you could see some of the big moves that um, Fanatics has made in the last 12 months. But as we think about distribution, we basically want to have the most direct relationship we can with our collectors and with our customers. So what that really means is at the end of the day, we have been reducing our reliance on distributors. We've been going more direct and bringing on, I mentioned the hobby store numbers. Um, we're, we have some breaker direct programs that we're evaluating and looking at. We, of course, want to get our products out to Walmart and Target. So we want to make sure we're feeding all channels properly. But yeah, candidly, when you look at the mix, um, the distributors are a little bit of a head scratcher for the value that they add as as the hobbies move forward. Um, they do add value. Um, we're, we're not eliminating all of that element, but we are definitely reducing our reliance on them. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, the next topic kind of ties in with that as well. I mean, the D to C, you know, direct to consumer for sales. I, I have to think that played into the fact that you guys are getting into the the live streaming, the Fanatics Live. What are your thoughts on that moving forward? Yeah, it, again, it's uh, a tool. It's a platform. It's an area that we want to invest in to help um, a segment uh, of the community um, really take um, our, our business to a whole new level. I mean, you've seen breaking platforms um, in varying degrees of success. We feel there's a better product out there for the collector at the end of the day. Um, and whether we attract all the breakers, the best breakers, some of the breakers, or we also incentivize entrepreneurs and new folks to come into the breaking system. Today, if you, you know, I don't know if, well, we're bad examples, we're involved in, in all this stuff. But if, you know, a 25-year-old kid a couple of years out of college wants to get into the breaking business, might be the smartest, most creative, innovative dude out there. It's impossible. It's it's really, really hard. So as we look at that, I mean, there's the breaking part of it. And then just the live commerce and live selling as well. I mean, if you look in China, live commerce is billions of dollars in business. It The bug hasn't caught on yet in North America, and we think it will. And unboxing and, and trading cards and offering those cards immediately for sale and doing that live selling, we think there's a lot there. So um, it's uh, it's a channel and distribution uh, you know, growth mechanism for us. And, and we see a lot of upside. And that's why we're going to make the investment um, in Fanatics Live. Cool. Uh, next up, basketball and football. I know obviously the licenses aren't in play yet for you guys. What are the plans, if there are any, for you guys to start making basketball and football cards again? Well, I, I always answer this in probably not the way you you all want to hear, but um, we have our Bowman U college football. Oh, that's fully okay. licensed NIL. It's coming out. Um, last year, we came out with a product that was player licensed, but now we have all the full marks, all the schools, all the top players, all the autographs. So that's exciting stuff on football. We're doing the same thing for base, uh, basketball. So look out for that. But yeah, when it comes to the uh, NBA and NFL, I mean, obviously our rights don't start for a couple more years. Um, but I think what we're, what we're, you know, kind of the playbook we're deploying today, how we're approaching our distribution, how we're approaching the fans and the collectors, how we're approaching marketing. We feel the category has really been under-marketed. We're going to deploy all of that in a major, major way with the NFL and the NBA. And I think you're going to see much more activity with our players. Um, historically, Tops and Panini, we have a little bit of like a transactional type relationship with our players. As we move forward, we want to do so much more with the players, right? 
all their personalities, work with them on social, work with them on different campaigns. We're doing our first ever uh, baseball players house in Arizona um, to get players, uh, well, one, to sign their cards, uh, <laughs> two, <laughs> uh, to you know capture content and develop a, a better, stronger relationship. The uh, leagues and players associations are owners in Fanatics Collectibles. So we're all aligned in our incentives. And we want the players and folks to start understanding the, the whole ecosystem and that they're a part of the success of this. They're part owners in this whole thing. So, um, you know, NBA, NFL. I mean, I'm 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 dying to, to to work on those properties again. It's been a long time since Tops has been involved. Um, so you'll see you'll see a lot of new, innovative, creative uh, approaches to both those uh, licenses. Nice, thank you. Um, can I ask you a question that's not like a softball question, but one that a lot of our guys are gonna don't preface. You just gotta hit him. I, I, well, and I say this not in a like an attacking way by okay. any means. It's more of a question of quality in the cards recently. That's come up a lot. Oh, QC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Can- come up a lot. And it's just, do you guys think there is a difference in these last few products that needs to be addressed? Or is this just more of a, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. There's somebody yelling about it. So everyone says, oh yeah, that's true. But specifically though, to your point, like Top's Finest, not to cut you off totally. Yeah, yeah. Like Top's Finest is one of my favorite products of the year. This year, like the base on that was beat to crap. Like it was just brutal. Like the numbered stuff, autographs, fine, but all of the base, which when you have J Rod Wander, all these guys, like it's a major issue. How how does it right. yeah, kind of to your point, like how does it happen? And are you guys at least aware of it? Or what's the like what's the fix there? So one, we are extraordinarily well aware of it and and extremely um disappointed in in some of the products. Um what I would tell you is uh significant corrections were made in many of those products, as you said, like you could see it in the, the numbered and the parallel cards. No question. Um we I mean, you're obviously seeing massive delays in a lot of these products as well. Um yeah, I mean I think it's um it's growing pains for the business. The business has grown exceedingly quickly. And you know, we've been trying to get products out on time ourselves and, and, and Panini and other manufacturers. Um, and I think the speed at which we were moving uh, in the production phases was a little bit too fast. And we saw off-centered cards. We saw more surface damage, uh, things like that. What I can tell you is we now have actively every single day on the floor at multiple steps in the process, um, quality control people. We've invested a bunch of money in, in those people. I get daily KPIs at my level looking at all of that. We get cut cards, cut decks pictures. I go down to Texas where we manufacture most of our product very, very frequently. Um, we, we've been disappointed. There has been a meaningful difference in the last several months. We're well aware of it. Um, series one, hope everybody noticed and saw we, we fixed that. Not that we should be high-fived for doing something that's kind of basics to get you know cards out to consumers in, in, in a great condition. We're aware of it and um, we'll, we'll get better. And um, you know, we encourage folks when, you know, Good thing we have social media. Make sure we're, we're well aware of everything within minutes. Okay. But yeah, post it, talk to your store, talk to your breaker, talk to our customer service group. We've invested heavily in, in customer service as well. Hopefully folks, when they're calling us, when they're emailing us, they're seeing those differences. Um, again, nothing we're looking for, you know, a high five about, but um, it's incredibly important to us, especially too. We're attracting new folks into this industry. People, you know, the, the folks that have been around, you deserve a better experience. You're going to get it. And the new folks coming in, hopefully aren't going to have to deal with the, you know, some of those, you know, wounds of the past. So we're aware of it. Uh, We're tracking it down. We're investing huge into it. Fanatics cares incredibly about this. So um, it's nice, you know, we have Fanatics are giving us tremendous investment. 
um, and people and process and systems and technology, you're, you're going to see meaningful changes um, in the next couple months. Series one was, you know, the first of one of those. Uh, thank you for answering that. Like I was hoping like he said something so I could like rip him apart. <laughs> no, like I, Jesse knows I'm sitting here looking for something. <laughs> Although I told Jeremy I would be nice. I was like, man, we, we got to find something. I actually appreciate you guys are at least aware. That has yeah. been one of, and like Jesse's brand new to sports cards, like in the last couple years. years. Yeah. yeah. And that was his thing. Like, dude, there's no, like I get, I get something back graded totally wrong. It's like, okay, I guess I reach out to some blind customer service. They may reach back out. They may never. I get a redemption that goes totally unfulfilled for years. This card's totally destroyed. It, it is true. Like, there has been, and it's it's been great overall, but, like, the cards have been the wild, wild west. Like, there's, like, been no accountability at high levels. So I do appreciate, you know, at least you guys saying, hey, I mean, even like you said, like, yeah, some of the stuff was just beat up. I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard somebody high up in a car. Yeah, don't cover it up. Talk about, like, yeah, talk about surface issues. Yeah, I'm glad exactly. you're actually aware that like that's happening. So. Yeah, there wasn't a cover up in that answer. I appreciate more, it. Yeah, more more than aware, more than aware. I mean, look, I I open every product we make. I go through it, uh, and I'm as competitive as they get. I want consumers to have a great time. All the fans to have a great time. This hobby is fun. It should be fun first and foremost. And when you see some of that stuff, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I've halted productions because I opened one box and I'm like, go and open 500 more, go do, you know, a screen of a bunch of products and, and, and see. I mean, we, we delayed triple threads by weeks doing quality assurance checks, ripping through hundreds of cases. And it's all worth it in the end to, to try to get better and make that consumer experience great. That's what we're trying to do. So here's my I mean, uh, the next question then is when is when is sports cards nonsense with Bill Simmons? Doing an early release product with Tops. Oh, we're pumped. That sounds good. Very yeah. big audience. We're excited. Ah. Let's talk. Let's talk. Hey, it's, I'm it's hearing possible. a yes. I heard. I didn't hear a no. That's for sure. Um, it was not a no. It wasn't a no. <laughs> that was a no, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was speaking, gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of having fun, though, um, I got to point out that one of my favorite things that you guys have been doing is, well, Zero Cool, but I don't. What's the future with Zero Cool? What, what's going on there? It's part of Tops now, right? Yeah. Kind of get absorbed it's all under our trading card umbrella. I mean, look, look at Zero Cool. Like we have Bowman, we have Tops. Um, Zero Cool will have a place um, in the entertainment and culture space, and you know, depending on what licenses and what products and what we're pursuing, you'll see Zero Cool used sometimes. You'll see Tops used. You'll see, well, probably not Bowman in the entertainment space, but um, that's that's a, it, it's a a part of our portfolio. Um, it, it gains some notoriety and, and um, it's a, a license we're going to, or a, a brand we're going to continue to use. And then as far as like, I, you guys got rid of candy, obviously fanatics did. Is there an, a plan to go digital again with sports cards with you guys? Well, yeah. So, so tops has always had, we have a digital business. We were actually one of the earliest into the digital business. We started a digital apps business over a decade ago um, with bunt. Bunt oh, was our yeah. first digital yeah. product. Uh, yeah. So basically bringing that card experience to the digital world. Um, we launched our NFT business. Uh, we have a Tops uh, NFTs marketplace as well. Um, so we've been putting out NFTs for a while. What I would tell you is, I mean, obviously the NFT market completely crashed. Crypto way down. Um, we do believe in digital collectibles long term. We definitely think there's something there. We think we're well positioned to take advantage of that. I mean, the the, you know, the Dapper Labs and the So Rares and all these groups coming in. I mean, everybody pushed the value of rights so far up that it made it really unwieldy. And I think in the end, you know, all these things kind of crashed and consumers were put in a bad spot. We've kind of been, you know, taking a more metered approach to the digital business. 
and to the NFT business, but we're in it for the long game. So, you know, we're going to continue um, to put out digital products. But I think right now it's not the biggest focus for the company, given what's going on in the digital space. But it's something we're mindful of. We monitor, we watch, and we'll we'll, we'll pick off some opportunities there. Is in in one other just kind of like a off the wall question. Is there a possibility that Tops or Fanatics and Panini still get together before your licensing kicks in? Anything's possible. Just answer the question, David. Hey, Come on, Mr. President. I had to get President. I, I, I gave all the candor. Now I got to be ambiguous. I don't know. That's <laughs> anything possible. That's fair. All right. Okay. Last question. We'll let you go. You've given us more time. Than we expect this. We appreciate it. I am a first time attendee in a couple of weeks at the Tops conference. What is what is the deal? Actually, and I had to beg AC for a ticket, quite frankly. This stinking thing sold out pretty quick. Uh, what is that all about? Just to kind of in a nutshell, like what's I was told there's no content allowed there, like no live streaming. Yeah. So that's that's out. So what is going on there? If you could just give kind of the audience a little bit of an overview. Yeah. So the Tops Industry Conference, we've been doing this for several years now. And really what it's about is bringing our B2B partners together. So this is not a B2C um, event. This is for our customers and our partners. Um, and it's really educational and it's uh, really to give folks insight into kind of what Tops is up to kind of for the next uh, 12 months. Um, and we have all of our, you know, league and players associations partners, they all present there kind of what the, what, what's going on at a league level. Our entertainment partners are there as well. We have global partners that come in from Formula One and, and, and Bundesliga uh, and places like that. So it's an educational B2B conference. Um, it gives a lot of our stores access to all the executive team uh, at Fanatics Collectibles and uh, over 60 employees will be there. So we have folks from every department. If you want to learn more about marketing, you want to learn more uh, what we're doing on the sales and distribution side. Uh, if you want to talk to our finance guy, you know, or something like that, uh, they're all there. But it's really, it's educational. It's access. Um, we do a Sunday evening kind of kickoff event where we have a prospect come and sign some autographs, take some pictures and, and mingle uh, with our crew. Um, and then uh, we also do a Monday evening of uh, evening event at uh, Top Golf. The conference ex- itself this year is being held at Chase Field, uh, so where the Diamondbacks play. So that should be really exciting and fun venue for folks to see. Um, so yeah, lots of good programming. Um, we take tons of questions. We want it to be as interactive uh, as possible. So um, that's really what it's about. Nice. Very cool. I think I've got just one last question because someone asked this in our mailbag today, and I thought it would be I like the fact that our show is really catered not just to like grown men who like cards, but family men a lot of the time where their kids are listening. Is there anything in particular that Tops is doing to focus, I guess, giving something to kids or a product for kids? Anything, uh, I guess, in that general area? Yeah. Yeah, let me give you. Hey, Carlos, cut off that answer. I'm going to make it sound better. Specific example, and then then we'll do something vague because that's always fun. Um, so for series one baseball, we're, um, working with uh, little league. So we're going to be distributing packs of series one, not sample packs, real packs of series one, uh, to over 400,000 little leaguers. Um, we're going to do an even broader program for 2024, but if you play in little league and select pony leagues as well, we are giving out 400,000 packs uh, that we'll be sampling to those kids, um, across the country, um, that play little league. So that's one just specific example, but we are definitely focused on bringing more kids in. The other kind of vague, ambiguous, ambiguous one I'm going to throw out there is, you know, check out Big League Baseball this year. It's going to be exciting. 
Oh, okay, cool. I that drops in a couple of weeks, right? I think it's like end of March, early April. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Of course, yeah. of course, pending, you know, sure. Our it's supply just, chain. <laughs> but what's, yeah. What's so funny is like we this conversation's been all about like cards, but it cards from the perspective of an, of an adult. When I was a kid, I didn't even know adults collected cards. I collected cards. I was young and collected them. You did, and most of our listeners did, but I don't know. I don't hear enough of that conversation centered around, you know, kids in cards. So I, I like to hear that you guys are focusing, giving some attention to that area. We sponsor a little league, you know, a little league team. Sports cards, nonsense. I got to get the name now. We got to give them packs. Um, I would like to hear more about that. I mean, I paid, so you don't have to worry about it. Just say your name. Somehow your name got on there. I wanted specifically to say Mike from Sports Cards Nonsense Sponsors, but it just says the show name, which I wasn't thrilled about. I'll take it all day long. Uh, David, thank you. Yeah, Mr. President, we appreciate the time. Uh, Hopefully we can check back in with you down the road. And uh, yeah, thank you for answering the questions. Thank you for the... The vague answers, but especially the specific ones. We appreciate them all. Hey, you know, got, got, got to throw a mix in. Appreciate the time, guys. And uh, as Jeremy told you, you are welcome. Come to uh, Fanatics here. Probably give us a month because, uh, you know, it's a little unwieldy getting set up here. But swing by. You're, you're more than welcome to come by our office. Perfect. We'll do the early release rip at the Fanatics tour. Bam. Two for one. Boom. They're, they're done. That's wow. a yes. That's, That's a yes. We're going to yes. break something. Carlo. Carlos cut his audio. He said yes. That right. is David Liner, <laughs> president of of Fanatics Collectibles Trading Cards. Trading Cards. There it is. The owner of Fanatics. There we yep, go. I said it, it right. Michael yeah, Rubin's boss. Awesome. I wish. I wish. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you, David, you guys for the time. Though, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks, Have a good David. day. I let me just say, as you, and I've told you this off air. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. I absolutely hate the way you ask questions. I love. I'm glad you pressed him on quality, the QC thing. I knew you would. I knew. But you I'm hated also glad other, he owned it. I knew you hated the first question, so I was like, well. Better come up with something that yeah, he's going to like. do something to redeem yourself. <laughs> no, it is true, though. Like, in the past, though, there's been, like, huge issues, and everybody's talking about it, and everybody knows it. What? And there's literally yeah. not a single word from any— And I'm like, dude, just address the issue. Well, it's the same so I'm thing. I'm glad they have. I'm glad they've done that. When Because, I mean, we work directly with Panini, and we love what they, they put out. But, I mean, if we had Panini execs on here, I would definitely just ask them a little bit about, like, you know, anything that our general listeners— are always talking about, and that would be QC. If redemptions, actually, that but, is the well. Big that's thing. what I mean. Like, if it's tops, it's QC. But if it's Panini, we'd ask about redemptions. So, can we reach out to them? I want to get either Jason or somebody on his team on here to talk redemptions. I do. I do think at some point we got to figure that out. Like, what's going on with that? We've had a lot of questions. I'm yeah, very absolutely. curious. So, uh, anyways, I thought it was a good. You know, that's. I told Jesse ahead of time this is going to be one of our longer interviews. I generally get. I actually didn't. I and I was. No, you said 15. You thought this well, was it out. I didn't think he was going to be anything like that. I thought it was just more of a hey, let's plug some series one, and then we're going to talk. You know, a little hobby stuff. But he uh, was Jeremy down to talk me. about all of it. Yeah, Jeremy warned me. He's like, hey, he can talk. Like, if you want an interview, he's like, this dude can do a whole interview. So. Man. I was glad we don't often get to hear things like that on hobby specific shows. Like yeah. I said, Ruben going on with the, you know, Jim bros. It's like, it's cool. It's, I'm glad it's out there. We're not getting into like specific issues on surfaces of cards. I forgot. I meant to ask David. Ask if him we right could now, I'll get answer. Ruben on the line. Hang on. Say, say, ask the question. I'll answer as Ruben. Hey, David, could we, do you think you could talk to Ruben about coming on the show too? We could get a, you know, 1,000 foot view of the card hobby from him. Uh, okay. On this one, Jesse, I'm going to be vague. That's not Dude, him. It's not. After I said it, I was like, it actually doesn't sound like Vince. It, that irritates me. <laughs> I have a friend from Wisconsin. I used to literally leave him voice messages as himself imitating his cheese curd <laughs> accent. And now uh, I can't do that anymore. So anyways, let's, let's talk on a, a couple things before we get to quickly. The I'm rest running of the out bag. of, you know, my ADD it's over. <laughs> uh, actually let's open a pack. Let's open a couple packs. In fact, um, so Panini did us a huge favor. They sent over like 50 
hoops packs, uh, the NFT product there. I, I, I know we just talked about with David, like, yeah, NFTs crashing, whatever. There is still a market. I went on and listed a bunch of NFTs from the, my Panini, uh, card collection. You can just list them in a gallery where you can accept offers. Last night alone, I got tw- uh, like 15 offers on cards. Now, granted, seriously, they were like between what, like 10. What kind of product? New stuff? No, like some of it was World Cups. I just, I, it was stuff that I just had in my, I guess, my wallet of cards that I just never did anything with. I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything. Let's see if there's any interest. And even in the off season for most of these sports, I just listed them up there and guys are throwing out offers. So there okay. is definitely still a place for these. So, you know, take that as you will. All right. So what we're going to do, that's, that's all I'm answering. I'm going to rip a few of these uh, packs real quick. It, it will be very quick. Not like our physical product rips. And if you want them, you My have life, to go I heard to that. A little subtle you, shot. No, no? sportscardsnonsense.com forward slash treasure. All you need to do is put in your information. The secret code is NFT. If you do that, you will be entered to win. Uh, depending on what we pull out of here, we'll determine on how many winners. There may just be one if it's not all great. If there's a couple great things, we may do two. So let I'm just going to, you know what? Not even fooling around. Oh, my goodness. Actually, that's pretty awesome. The it? first pack has an ultra rare in it. So if it's Larry Bird, I'm keeping it. All right. Let me just let me do this real quick. Let's just let's see. All right. First card is a Walker Kessler. It's a common out of nine ninety nine. Second card is a Damian Lillard. Heard of him. Dame. Okay. Well, uh, 38 out of nine ninety nine. Don't care. Now ultra, what's ultra rare? 50 or less? Or I believe it's 49 or less or something like that. But yeah. Larry Bird, go. Larry. 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 Corey Kispert. Not the player you want to see. <laughs> it is uh-huh. a white guy jumping. It's so 45 out of 49. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Well, but here's here's what's crazy is that these super rare ones, there are still bidders on those cards, even if it's a no name. I think it's just guys wanting to collect the, an like entire set or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So I'm going to open up another pack real quick. And I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to reveal all. We're not going to slow play it. We're hey, just going to do it all. Before I forget, it's the yeah. Costa Mesa Pony Baseball League. So, okay, he said pony. I don't know. He said little league. Okay, so you also don't know. I have no idea. All right, I feel better knowing that you don't also. Um, Anytime I I think there were horses involved. Anytime I I think little league too, I'm always just like, it's it's so unreasonable. Goodwill hunting, they're all just like, just a bunch of random Boston guys sitting in a field. None of them have kids, just watching a neighborhood (laughs) game. And they're all like, oh, look at Sully swing the bat guy. I'm thinking, if you did that now, you're getting arrested. What's funny is like, you're drinking beer, watching kids who aren't yours. Like, what is happening? People will say that there's not a lot of similarities between the, the, Northerners and the Southerners, the Yankees and the Rednecks, maybe. But and when it comes to like kids sports, I feel like there's a huge connection. That people love to just watch games when they don't have a kid in there. It's also weirdos. I'm not going to get into yeah, I was that. Say, who's a doing lot, that? No, if you ever watch King of the Hill, you would know. All right, no uh, second pack. It we're just doing reveal just all. Reveal them all. Are we have a rare Jeremy Sochan, fifty three out of seventy five. I'm not going to lie, I haven't heard of a single one of these. Pieces. I know. Okay, that Onika. Okongu, uh, Okongu, and then sure. for the Hawks, Lonnie and then Lonnie Walker. Walker. I mean, yeah, Lonnie Walker's fine. Do one more. Yeah. Oh, you got to do one more. We're not ending that. on that pack. No, 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 no. All right. And oh, by the way, Panini uh, mentioned too that this week through the All Star Weekend, um, there's going to be discount 
on basketball product. That's physical basketball product on their site. So if you guys have been thinking about, hey, I'm going to go buy some, this is probably the time or maybe wait till Saturday. So, uh, all right. I'm actually curious if they have Mosaic Hobby on there still. They dropped the price of that stuff. I want to buy some. All right. Reveal all. Do it. Nope. This is not going to be the last part. <laughs> Marcus Smart. Isaac Okoro out of 75. The Marcus Smart. EJ Lydell. Yeah. The Next. one out of 75. Here's, but here's my thing about these, even though I don't I care for the players. <laughs> I really like the look. Do you have any opinion on it? I don't care at all. Really? It's. I mean, it's an, Hoops is, is a cheaper product. It's kind of like a you know a very basic set. I don't I, dislike it. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes I feel like there's like it's too flashy to a point, and this has just the right amount of flash for me. That's why I liked it. Um, you know I'm happy for you. I know you I are. I don't have to say that anymore. I know you are. By the all way, right. they are almost out of, man, either they sold out a ton of stuff or they've taken stuff down. Because the website is, like, cleaned out. Oh, wow. Like, there's okay. no more Mosaic Hobby, which is a shame. All right. God. Man. Hey, Panini, how about throwing us a hot pack? Talk <laughs> about vacation. All right. Here's what's going to happen is the winner is going to get all the packs. I'm going to open one more. What is this, our fourth one? It's at least. I'm going to open our fourth one. Dude, where's Larry Bird? What are we doing here? Why would and the audience can't even see this. I know, but that's why we didn't even name the ones on the last one because we don't know any of them. But last one. All right. Blake Griffin, Bradley Beal, Jay Crowder out of 99. One more, one more, one more. Then we're done. I promise. <laughs> so that's five. It. Whatever. Five. I think that was five already. I, Jay Crowder's 99 out of 99. That's actually. It's called a bookend. Oh, is that what that's called? All right. Last one. Um, and then we promise to stop not doing talk about things it. you can't see. Yeah. That's what but. We're what they really like to hear is us on our back and forth. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, oh, there you go. Okay. Where, there, and okay. that's how you end it. That's... So Brandon Ingram common, Caleb Martin common, and rookie Inc. Number 34 of 99 autograph, Paulo Bancaro. Wow. Okay. No that's, more packs. That's good. Rookie. Yep. And we're done. You got 30. I almost want to tell you just to put that at auction right now and we give away the money. <laughs> no. I'm serious. No, no, I like no. This, no. No. That, these are all going to a person. Well, that would go to somebody. I'm saying that you can actually see the process. Yeah, but I mean, like, I would. No, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I would like them to have the card and do what they want to do. Maybe they just want to collect It's a nice them. card. Um, all right. So there you Is go. Is there any sales history on that card? I would doubt. I, oh, no, certainly. Yeah, they mind. just came out. So. All right, Jesse, move on. I said I was sorry. Uh, I, already last, ap- I already apologized. <laughs> last. Last thing before mailbag, um, I did want to throw in that I did not win that Wayne Gretzky uh, from last week on pristine auction, which is the worst. It's so annoying because I think I put seven hundred dollars as my max bid. It sold for seven hundred and thirty-five dollars. I, yeah, don't it, be cheap. It's There's hard. actually, I hate to say this because last time I did this, I got bid up. There's two cards ending this weekend on the Sunday night auction that I was looking at. I'm, I'm a bidder on both. So one is the 1955 Topps rookie Sandy Koufax. Again, the card looks to be in like in two, three-ish condition, but it is autographed and the auto is a 10 grade. And then there's the 2000 Flair Mystique numbered out of 2000, 9-5 Tom Brady rookie. Okay, I'm glad you didn't look at the one. I was looking at the Michael Jordan rookie, the PSA 8, but it's a PSA 8 off-center. That so OC. Yeah, yeah. So it has the OC call, designation. That's called a qualifier. Yes, so, so generally, good, it takes you down two grades. Oh, really? So an eight OC is comparable to a six. That is exactly in what general, I wanted to know. By the way, that is not the fr- that's a general rule. Okay, there are some exceptions to that. That I have never. I don't think I've ever heard that before. So if it has a qualifier, take it down two grades, which is actually maybe more in line because depends the last- on it, and it does depend. Like OC is mm-hmm. off centered. Um, MK is miscut. Okay. Oh wait, wait, that's MC. 
Oh, oh MK is markings. Like if it has a mark, mm-hmm. if there's like a marking on the back, it's not going to come down to full two grades. You know, because it's, it, it's just a bit, but um, what are some of the other ones? Um, PD print defect, like some of those fisheye, you know, uh-huh. like, the, like some of those as well. So, well, uh, this one is actually being priced as a six right now. So it's going for 3,500. It's got 37 bids granted, but, um, it is off center, but man, it looks good. Other than that, uh, again, this is pristine auction. If you guys don't have an account, you can set one up, use nonsense. You get $10 for free to spend on however you like. All these auctions do not have a reserve and it ends on Sunday. Check it out. I think you would like to do mailbag. Is it, am I right or am I right or am I right? As long right. as it's quick right. and I can go home. What's that from? What's that from? It's February. You hey, should know Jim, this. Come on. You don't know. You don't even know. I just know. gave you the character's name. Uh, it's not right. That was not, it was <laughs> not Jim. No, it's Ned Ryerson. Needle knows Ned, Ned the head. You don't even know what movie the quote was from. Do you? Hang on. Oh like, my goodness. Oh, Listeners wait. at home. How upset are you right now? Oh, boy. Do you want a hint? That is Michael Scott. That's Steve. It's, nope. No, it's, it's not. not. No, no, no. It is from a little known movie called Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Oh, okay. I love the movie. I cannot quote it. Oh, really? Man. Okay. I'm surprised at that. All right. First question. Um, some of these questions were geared towards fanatics, so we're not going to... Since We tried to include a lot of them with uh, David, so sorry if we didn't get your name in there. Um, first question would be from Ryan Martinez mailbag. He says he put exclamation points. That's why I said it like that. I'm happy for you. He wants to know if there is a low numbered card that say out of five, is it better to find other players similar to it of the same card out of five? Or look at that same card out of 10 for the original player. Oh, he's looking like how to, get a, price. how to get a comp. Yes. Either way. Yeah. So if like, if there's a, I've got a Ken Griffey Jr. card out of five. Okay. What does his 10 sell for? What does a 25 sell for? In conjunction with that, what does a Derek Jeter out of five sell for? Like find a comparable player, same card. I like both methods. No, okay. n- neither, neither wrong there. Uh, by the way, John Dudley, Barry Grice, uh, John Boren, Cody James. Oh, they all Aaron had the John. same question, right? Yeah, well, they all had like questions that we essentially covered. So thank you for that. Really do appreciate. Um, let's see. Another question. Mike Noel Olvera wants to know, Mike always says you can grade out of a box. Mm-hmm. Grade yourself out. Yep. Now I know that what he means, but I never graded anything before. Can he elaborate on what he determines what to send in and does it include base? Yeah, so let's use some relevant examples. Top's finest. We graded a ton of base day of of the big guys. J-Rod, Wander, Jeremy Pena, Torkelson, Witt, right away, and Suzuki. Anything base, uh, numbered stuff of star players as well. The thought there being, and again, this is the plug for SGC. We sent all of that. To, I, I probably sent 250 cards within the first two days of release of finest because I'm going to get them back super quick, and I will then be the first to market with a 10 of that card. I'm not saying SGC sells the same as PSA, but if you get it back that fast, the difference in price from you being the first to you being a week later more than covers the difference in, in resale value. So that's what I mean by that. Same with top series one. Like the first couple, uh, Adley, Rauschmans, Michael Harris, Riley Green, all the big names, I would grade even base. And especially with SGC, it's nine bucks a card. If you think, you have to have a decent eye though. Is with paper, for example, just to be very specific with top series one, 
Hold the card at an angle under light. You will be able to then see the reflection to see how the surface looks. Are there dimples? Are there little wrinkles, scratches, etc.? What do the corners look like? What is the centering? Use a strict eye, but yeah, with Series 1 as a prime example, I'm grading anything big-name rookie so I can be the first to sell it. And then any type of, you know, autos, if it's no-name autographs, I don't really grade that type of stuff. Um, Big-name inserts, case hits, the Mira Golds, I think is what they were called, the Goldbacks. I'm grading all those immediately. I think there's a good chance you can make your money back pretty easily out of a product like Series 1. Here's what I'm finding is this mailbag is chock full of more questions that I, we didn't get them in time for the beginning of this interview, but some of them are like a lot really, of them are covered. Well, yeah, but there are some other ones that I would have liked to have asked. Like what? Um, Give me a couple real quick. Oh, do you want to answer them? Yeah, good. Will redemption still be a thing when yes. Fanatics has full control? By the way, redemptions are a thing, even though nobody likes them because they can't hold up pr- production of an entire process and you can't leave big players out. So rather they get, I'd rather have a redemption than have a product that doesn't feature a big player. It's I, never going to change, though. I do agree. Like, that does sound right. However, Fanatics has... I would has, like to know if they had any other ideas. Gonna, well, Fanatics has leverage, like you mentioned. They're working I mean. with the players. I think you could probably put a little more pressure and have them fulfilled, but I don't see a world where we don't have redemptions. Well, the fact that they're looking at things like invisible ink that can be scanned by certain systems, like, I love to institute some kind of technology into this stuff. So who knows what else they're thinking of? Um, another question, this was from a couple guys. Rick Tiffenbach, I believe I'm getting your last name right, Rick. No chance. And then Ken Novak also had a similar thing, but he was wanting to know why did they triple the hit rates for retail? Uh, Essentially, retail product is not as desirable. Jumbo is super desirable, which he even mentioned. You're saying retail? So you mean hobby? Uh, No, no, no. The retail products. Well, when he, I think he. He's saying tripled the likelihood that you're going to. So if it was like one in a hundred, now it's one in three hundred. That you're Out going to retail. hit something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was something that Rick, I apologize, because he hit me like multiple times to ask him that question. Eh. I don't have a lot to say on that one, sadly. Right. I don't hate it, though, by the way. I think big hits should be a lot easier and a lot more accessible in hobby and jumbo than retail. So And retail super cheap. Someone just asked, why do redemptions take so long? Because you got to get players Ken, to sign stuff. I mean, can I heart? Yeah, that's that's the story we've heard from every, like from Panini and Tops forever. I don't think that ever changes. Um, well, actually, maybe it does. Like going back to Mike's point, the fact that there's so much player ownership in these deals, like the, um, what is it? The PAs. What is that? The Player Association. Player Association. Yeah, now they're, they're yeah. getting a piece of the process. So maybe now that they are getting a piece of it, they'll be more likely to get their thing signed. Yep. Uh, let me see. There was some other just non questions. Uh, let's see. Michael, Johnny F wants to know who is your donkey of the week and are you holding J rod or are you selling? So I don't have any J rod. I actively sell J rod cause he sells crazy on streams. Guys love him. Mm-hmm. So I'm selling. I think you could probably buy J rod back anytime you want. Ooh, donkey of the week. I don't really have anybody this week. I'm, I'm such a positive person now. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to, why are you such a positive person, Mike, these days? I just am. I don't know. Just no reason for it? Um, yeah, Donkey of the Week. I don't know. Like, nothing's really stood out to me that I've been super irritated about. Anyone in your personal life? or? <laughs> I don't think so. I've actually been a... How have I been? What do you think about me today? Uh, yeah, I mean, six and a half out of ten. I think you've been above average That's today. High. That's high for me in your eyes. You shortened the questions. <laughs> You know how I feel about a question where you make your point and then you elaborate and you kind, you did it the first time the very and you first caught one. yourself. Yep, I did. So I was happy with that. Oh, and good. you let me go down my topic 
my hobby topic heavy, like rapid, kind of rapid fire because I wanted to get those. So yeah, I thought you did. So I don't have anybody. Six and a half though. That's good. Another most shows for you. I don't have anything I'm really upset about. Yeah, nothing. Um, so last one then, I think, because most of these other ones were for fanatics. Charles Ann, just last name A-N. For Jesse and Mike, what are your thoughts on Top's marketing efforts for series one? I mean, yeah. So I asked the question because I did want to hear it from him. But it is true. I've never seen a product marketed like Top. So they had events for with players ahead of time. They're posting all over their social clips. He's true. Like Derek Jeter, Albert Pujols, a bunch of guys posted stuff up. The J-Rod thing. I mean, yeah, it's kind of corny. He's doing a cooking show. But like you'd, we've never really seen that before. Mm-hmm. And so if that's going to be the thing going forward, I, I mean, again, it's probably going to bring more eyes than if you're not doing it. So I do think that's a good thing. So this, I didn't show you just because I didn't think we we're going to have time to really get into it. But um, when our contact over at Fanatics set up the interview for us, she also sent me this uh, Google Drive that has just a bunch of assets like uh, marketing materials and things like that for not only what's currently going on, but future, uh, I guess, drops for J-Rod. Okay. Some of them are just, they are pretty funny. They're interesting. This Like J-Rod in his cooking gear, like with packs of cards and a muffin tin, you know, like it's just, it's weird stuff. It catches the eye, like what's going on here, but also at the same time, it's funny. I don't know. I do like that they're trying something new. That's for yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Like, that's my thing. I, 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 that part I appreciate as well. Yep. So anyways, um, overall, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Obviously the fact that SGC is partnering, making that huge deal for $9 a card. The fact that there's bounties for a million dollars, which I didn't go into it. I was going to ask like, Hey, are you guys putting up some of that money or what? What's the deal? I, I don't, I don't know if they are because they've done it in the past. Yeah. Fish has done that about a ton of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so it just, I mean, obviously there's a lot of hype around the product. Well, it benefits him. He's I mean, he'll sell more tops products than anybody except for tops. Like oh, that product. that's fair. Blow yeah. massive. So, but anyway, makes sense. I'm glad we were able to get him on. Um, and hopefully, we'll get one of our guys from Panini on here shortly too. Get both sides of the coin. Absolutely. Yep. So that's your show. So next week, the only thing next week is there is it's Wellness Week here on Spotify. So we will not have a podcast on traditional channels. Me and Jesse will be doing the podcast live. Okay, there you go. Tell them when because I don't. So we're the doing. Time. We agreed to do it on Monday evening, seven p.m. Central Time. That's eight Eastern. That's Five Pacific. Okay. All right. Just in case. There's a, some people who don't know. Um, we're going to be streaming it through face the Facebook group since there's 50K plus members. And then we're also going to stream it on YouTube. And the goal is that when it's done, uh, you can go back and watch slash listen to it. But we will take live interactive questions. Maybe gonna, not on the phone. We're going to try, gonna the, try phone. the phone. We're going to try and do some live stuff if we can. But either way, there will be cameras on us. If you want to just see what we look like when we're recording an episode, Prepare you'll to be, be whelmed. Underwhelmed. Prepare to be whelmed. <laughs> just, You're not going to be overwhelmed. Whelmed. Okay. But you will Monday, be whelmed. That is Monday. That is uh, going to be a fun thing. We'll there see. There you go. So that's your podcast, Sports Cards Nonsense, brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered by Spotify, except for next week when they're not going to be around for us. So we love see you, you next so. week on Facebook. Goodbye.